Hello and welcome to another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host, joined by my blue collar badass, Matt. How's it going, man? It is going awesome. Um, happy to be on on show number one here. Or, or wait a minute, are we just just back on the mics again after a really long break? <laughs> <laughs> I, either way, it's it's good to be here, man, and uh, looking forward to a chat. Yeah, I know. I do so much video content and sit in this uh, chair all the time now that I have a hard time remembering if it's a podcast I'm doing or just other content. Right. <laughs> right. Well, we've started doing so many solo episodes that I just sit here usually in, in the dark. Cause that's what I have to do to figure out my roadcaster now. So I'm just sitting in the dark talking to myself and it's probably a good thing that there's not video on most of those. Cause I'd look like a lunatic. <laughs> I mean, real quick on that piece dude there's so much work that has to get done you're in the literal dark but in the proverbial dark too when no one's around no one's watching it's the glow of your phone or computer monitor to to get stuff done and that's what people don't see you know it's not the glorious side of of what we do for sure and i mean aside from the fact that we don't get paid for this shit you know there, there actually is a lot that goes into it it's it's more than just hit and record and run in our mouths for half hour, 45 minutes, especially now that I'm trying to make this a little bit more legitimate here. And, you know, I've got the board and I've got two mics and waiting to do live guests, but, uh, I am not a PhD in, uh, in roadcaster pro yet. That is for sure. <laughs> You'll have it by the time you're, uh, done figuring all this out. That's for sure. Yeah. By the time that podcasts are no longer cool, <laughs> there'll be something new. <laughs> I don't know. Radio has been around since, you know, it was invented. So yeah, I'm sure uh, this will be around for a long time to come. Hell, like freaking, well, they kicked him off the air, but uh, Imus was around for however long. And, you know, Stern's been around, you know, since he was probably 12 doing yeah. radio shows. <laughs> this is true. I don't, I don't feel so bad then. I'll figure it out one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, without further ado, let's uh, let's get into our topic of the day, and it's taking the time to teach uh, is our our topic that we're going to dive into. And um, to kick this off, I've seen just across both in the companies I've worked for, and then with all of the guys that I talk to, there's those that really take the time and invest in not only their people, but just people in general, right? Whether it's their, their friends, whether it's into the associations that they're a part of, whether it's the boards that they sit on, they really invest time into people. And then there's other people that, you know, it's really just the transaction, if you will, right? Hey, I hired you sit here. Uh, here's your login credentials. Uh, good luck. Right. Like, you know, let me know if you need anything kind of deal. And so, uh, those are the two kind of dichotomies that I see. I don't see much in between. It's either like, good luck, you know, fed to the wolves or more hands-on, like very frequent check-in, like how we doing? we're going to drill stuff, we're going to teach you. And those are kind of the two opposites that I see. Um, and let's, let's set the stage with that. <laughs> so... I love this topic. It's it's very um, very easy for me to get into um, because of some stuff we're dealing with at, at my company. Um, and I think you're right. There is this this very drastic dichotomy, and I think a lot of it plays into how large or what size of business it is. 
right? I think with the larger, big corporate style businesses, there's a lot more ability, frankly, to have, you know, a, a, a better onboarding process and a better education process that lasts, you know, throughout a career where they can have a whole damn department who does nothing but training and, and upkeep and things like that. And then you get the other side, you know, the, whatever they call us, like a micro business, I think is what we qualify as. Maybe not anymore because we're, we're past the, uh, the 10 threshold now, but, um, a, a real small business, right? We, we don't have, we don't have space or budget for that sort of thing. So I, I think the two of those kind of are, are really diametrically opposed, but regardless of how large the business is, it, it does not relieve ownership or leadership of being able to, and being required to really teach and explain things to their, their people. And I'd go even a, so in the design firms that I worked in that were a hundred plus people, never did we have a CEO right in the three design firms that I worked in that were all over a hundred people. Um, never did we have a CEO stand up and say like, this is what we stand for. This is why we do what we do this. You know, here we are. One of them was an ESOP employee, a stock ownership program. Um, so everybody, you know, technically it was invested in it. It was more like our monthly meetings were on financials or where projects are or backlog. There was no like, this is where we're going. This is what we do. This is, you know, any of that. Another was even when we did a strategic planning uh, deal, there was still nothing that came out of it to where like, hey, this is where we're going. Like, yeah, we put up a poster or something. And I think I actually printed it and put it up. But like, you know, that didn't come from the the top. And then in the, the last firm that I worked with that was actually bigger and owned by an even bigger international company, there was never any of that put down. And so even in the, and we didn't have a training program, there was none of that onboarding or anything. And it's really, as a department manager, like I was the one who poured into these guys, um, you know, even like our, so like, because I was young and I understood the technology, right? Revit, like I was the one to teach all the old guys, right? And I say that I was 25 at the time and these guys were 50, 55, 60, right? And I taught them all Revit who didn't know it. And from there, you know, but it was like day in and day out of here's how we do it. You know, please ask questions. Let's walk through it together. You know, the three, four times to my desk for the same question this was our old guy who was like 60 and it's like he's like i know this is my third time coming over to you today for the same thing and i just can't remember and it's like dude that's fine because when i teach you this you're never going to come back to me again for this same thing so like it will save me exponentially in the future for what i invest in you today and that's the that's really more the thing that i get to it's a mindset around do you invest and pour into people or do you not and it doesn't matter your title or if you have these departments for training in all the companies I've been in, there was never a department of like trainers. There was no content ever created to train people. There was none of that. Like it was whether the like BIM manager chose to do any of this. And I've actually, I was the one that started more of these like wisdom Wednesdays or like pass on, you know, information that we all know, or like lectures that people give to 
outside places, but never give that same presentation to the inside of the company, right? On like whatever their specialty is, whether it's design or, you know, code updates, you know, or some something boring like code updates or, you know, a project that we just did or any of those presentations. So I think it goes beyond, it's more of a mindset change that people have to make rather than a, do you have a department for this? Because then it all weighs on like the department to do stuff versus like everybody being responsible for it. I love that take on it. And and frankly, show's over because Dylan just wrote the masterclass. Um, but we'll we'll keep going for a few more minutes. But that that is the mentality that so many people are lacking. And frankly, I've been through it myself. I've gone through phases where it's like, I just don't have time to to really stop and, and teach somebody exactly how I want to do something. But when you look at it as a cost, then that's what it is. But you nailed it. When you look at it as an investment, it takes on a whole different uh, level of importance, right? And, and you don't make investments with your cash um, frivolously, right? You, you, you plan it out, you, you invest wisely, and you look for the potential return later. Well, why the fuck don't we do the same thing with our time? And, and it's, it's future savings, it's future results, it's future efficiencies, it's, it's all these things could, could come out of it. And to, to blindly say, you know, we're too busy or we don't have a training department, we don't have videos to show people or whatever is, is foolish at, at, at best. And, and again, um, I'm putting the sword into my own back on this one because we do it. And, and you know, we, we constantly have this struggle where, especially with certain employees of a certain level, and I'm going to keep it innocuous to that end, but there's a certain expectation in our industry, especially that if you come in to our four walls, you should know the basics of what you're supposed to be doing for the most part. Depends on level of, of seniority, right? But the reality is nobody's ever going to know how the hell to do it the way I want it done. No one. And it doesn't matter if they've got 50 years of experience or five or none. It's, it's trying to crack a code where there is no solution to it unless you convince me to sit down and do exactly what you just said. So it's, it's a really easy trap to fall into, but it's something that, that frankly we all, and, and I'm just going to steal all the, all the, uh, the mentorship from this show for myself, because we all need to do this and we need to be better at it and, and take that time and use it as a true investment. There's a couple nuances too that I want to add to this, but uh, people need to be reminded more than they need to be taught, right? Like more than anything, you need to just remind people what you've taught them. You know, they forget and that's how it goes, right? It's not just the six-year-old guy. It's the 20-year-old guy fresh out of school, right? They, they for sure need to be taught, but they also need to be reminded of uh, the things that you've taught them. So that's one. Two is... Um, having been around guys like Chad Wright and spending, you know, considerable time with them, uh, you know, Navy SEAL, you know, deployed all that, right. Tip the spear type guys and, and Chad instructed, uh, for SEAL qualification training for a number of years. But what I found from him is no detail is too small to go over. Uh, 
and if you you even listen to like Jocko and those guys, they they very much make sure that even the smallest detail is reviewed, right? Like um, if there's even the speck of you know grime in a weapon that's checked by the weapons master, you're gonna keep cleaning that thing until it's clean. And so, and even little details, right? Like we were on a, a hike, the rite of passage mission that I did, where the direction that you put your water bottle back into your backpack for easy access, little things like that, right? So that you can grab the loops without, you know, having to fuddle with it. Little things like that are, it was no detail too small. And it was always conveyed in a way that was never demeaning. It was always informative. And then the last thing that I want to add is it's not an, just an investment in your time in the future, right? Like you're going to put in, let's say, 20 minutes today to this person, right? That'll gain you hours in the future over a long enough time horizon, right? Especially if it's a very repetitive thing, right? The, the 20 minutes, the hour, whatever, to teach the thing that they're going to do repetitively will save you however many hours in the future. So that's one way to look at the investment. The other way is even years later, I'm sure that, and I have, call up the guys that that I taught Revit to, that I was the department head for a few years, and I can have lunch with them or drinks or whatever, and it'd be like old times, right? There's no animosity. There's no like bad blood, none of that. And so I also invested care to them. I invested in their skill set. And that in return creates, this will sound cheesy, but like love and affection, right? Like it creates that type of relationship where, you know, they care for the well-being, right? Like little things too. Like one of the guys had a motorcycle wreck. I went to the hospital, you know, to, and he wanted, he wanted work. So I brought him stuff to do and drawings to review, but like, and it was at his request. I told him, you're no, a monster. He was too insistent upon it. Well, he was too bored. You know, he didn't have shit to do. Sure. So he was like, I need something. But um, it's things like that, man. Like those investments in people will pay dividends forever. And you have to, and even if that person leaves or goes somewhere else, the goodwill, the good stories that they'll tell about you, you can't buy that. Yeah, without a doubt. There's there's a lot of examples I could give you about former employees of mine, right? And and some of them are bad, some of them are good. Um, but to to your point, those that that you truly put the time into, it doesn't matter where they go. They're they're loyal, you know, to a degree, no matter where they're at. Uh, and I have individuals who have worked for me in the past that just you know, I've started doing this traction series on some solo shows, right? People, right seats, a big thing, right? And if, if you get the person who's just in the wrong seat and there isn't a right seat to put them in, they got to go. But in this particular individual's case, you know, I, I poured a lot into him and it just, it just wasn't working. He wasn't a good fit. Great guy. He's, he's very successful where he's at now. He still keeps in touch. You know, he sends me Christmas cards and we, we chat, you know, a few times a year. So it's, it's a good thing. Now I also have the other side of it too, where, you know, if, if certain people saw me on the street, they'd probably start shooting, but you know, that's, that's par for the course too. I, I think one of the big things 
at least that, that we struggle with um, in, in my organization is the leadership level, we truly forget or don't know how much we know, right? The, the, we, we've been doing this Nailed shit it. for so long that it's, it's truly second nature. I can do it with my eyes closed. I can, I can, you know, I can roll out conceptual estimates in, in half an hour while I'm talking on the phone, while I'm doing four other things. And, and I just do it. It's just like breathing at this point, but you forget, you know, that learning curve of, of when you didn't know shit about shit and you had to try and, you know, you, you were drinking from a fire hose trying to pick this stuff up. And, and that's, for me especially, like it's very hard to kind of remember those days, right? I, I'm an impatient son of a bitch by nature. And so, you know, you mentioned like the guy coming back three times in the same day with the same question. When you were saying that, like I was cringing, like it makes me, it makes me nuts. But on the same hand, I get it. And we, we have to learn to be better. We have to take that time and, and recognize that, you know, these people were, we're employing our teammates, especially those that legitimately have not been doing this their entire lives or their entire adult lives, that it's going to take some repetition. It's going to take some time and probably more questions answered than, than I want to. But, but again, it all rolls back to that initial investment. And if you just do it and, and you take the time, you, you put in the time, the results can be tremendous. If you don't do it, and you just are a stodgy asshole and you shut your door and, and expect people just to do everything that you want them to do in the exact way you want them to do it with no, no deviations from your standard, you're bound to fail. Right. I mean, you just, you, it's no way to do business. It goes, I mean, there, again, there's like multiple levels to this one in having the guy coming back like the third time. And he, even he knew it. Right. But we could joke with each other. And he's like, man, I know that like, I'm not getting this, but like, can you show me again? And it's like, I know Ron, that, you know, that all timers is kicking in, man. You know, like <laughs> it's, but like having jokes like that and you build that rapport up with your guys and it's like, yeah, I'm still going to show you. Right. And I get up and walk over and like have him drive and walk through the whole process again. And like, Hey, here's how you do it. Right. But you're making jokes, you're building rapport, you're making light of the whole thing. Right. I know it's going to take me three minutes to do. And again, I'm willing to put that investment in because once he learns, I don't have to do it anymore. Right. I don't have to like worry about him working through, or there's not going to be a bottleneck elsewhere in the, the whole process of it. So that's, it's always how I viewed it was, this investment today is going to reap infinite returns in the future. Like you don't know how much it will pay because it's going to be so big and compounded so much over such a long period of time that taking that little bit of time and, and in all honesty, like our brains expand that amount of time. Cause for us, like it's a two minute thing. And it really is in most cases, you know, it's two, five, 20 minutes, right. To walk through something. And we just, in our mind, because we've done this so much, we it's think it's like hours. four hours. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, you know, that five minutes feels like 30 as you're painfully, like, it's just like watching somebody drive, you know, through a presentation and you're like, just click the button, man. It's right there. And it, in all reality, that took 10 seconds, right. you know, and you're just like, 
clawing your eyes out before this guy hits the you know mute or unmute button in Zoom, right? Like it's something that stupid, but we we expand this time horizon. In all reality, it's like 20 minutes, you know, at the most for a lot of this. And so one, it's never long as you think. Two, it'll pay back. And then to your point in remembering what we know <laughs> and like, oh yeah, like this is not common knowledge is every time those questions come up, you got to start to make a running list. And in fact, like this is how I'm starting to do more and more content is like, okay, what are all the things that I just inherently know, but people ask a ton of questions on, right? Like what are the, the quote basics, right? Which for somebody somewhere is an advanced concept, right? It's basic to us because we've been doing this for so long, but for somebody else, it's like, wizardry you know it, that's exactly what it is it, it's magic and <laughs> it, it goes both ways right you, you gotta we should be able to expect certain things of our people you should be able to expect a, a general level of knowledge of certain certain things and you should be able to expect that when you are taking the time to pour into something to teach that that person's actually going to learn right they got to be paying attention and, and yeah. if i if somebody comes back to me to ask the same question three times, by the third time I'm asking myself, if not them, like, were you really fucking listening the first time or or is this just going right over your head? And, and if it's the latter, then it's probably a, it's a problem in presentation on my end, right? And now we, now we figure out how to, how to reframe it, how to fix it. But it, it's funny, you know, in the office, like I can be a real bullheaded asshole. Go, go figure, right? No one would have guessed that. But when I remember this shit is when I'm at home and I'll be talking to Carrie, talking to my wife, and I'll start rattling off, you know, something about the entitlement process. And she just stops me and she's like, what in the fuck are you talking about? Like, humans don't speak that language, Matt. Like, what what does this mean to me in, in actual English? And, and it's those times when I'm like, well, shit, I spent the whole day talking like that to my team maybe they don't have a clue what I'm saying either. Maybe I'm just the crazy asshole in the corner office that, that no one gets. <laughs> so it's just a, it's a, you, we got to figure out how to phrase things, how to frame conversations based on our audience. And I think it differs for every single person, which makes it infinitely more hard and more difficult to, to try and figure out this whole leadership game, but you got to be able to figure it out. It comes down to, defining things and as uh crazy as that sounds it's making sure that from the start of the conversation that you define some of these especially key terms right like entitlement process okay well that's a big long process to go through okay like what do we actually mean in this right is it getting a permit is it like making sure that everybody's on board like what do we actually mean by this thing that we're calling the entitlement process and so when you start to do definitions and and make it second nature, and this is, again, like I have to be better about this too, is defining the actual terms that we're going to talk about, right? Like AI, machine learning, right? Automation, like what is the actual difference between each of those? And then we can have a place that's common, or at least we're coming from a common understanding to then move forward. And as dumb as you, it might sound in a meeting to you to define these terms, 
it's then like everybody can then be on the same page and move forward or ask questions about how we're defining things. And I think that definition piece often gets left out of a conversation in so many areas to where people don't have a common understanding. Because if if you and the other person had a common understanding, right, you had the same experiences, the same ways of viewing things, if you looked at the world the same, you would never argue, right? You would have the same understanding. And where most of this comes in is one in the nuance, right? That I mean this thing that's slightly, you know, left or right, you go the other direction. And, you know, now we're worlds apart because we had at the start this slight nuance that became great as we went. And that's where if we can redefine stuff and come back to a common understanding, the world just makes a lot more sense for everybody. That's a great way to look at it. it. It's it's like shooting a rifle, shooting a very high-powered, long-range rifle with no wind, right? You you put your crosshairs on the target, you pull the trigger, it goes in a relatively straight line, and boom, hits it. But the second you get that wind, you know, and if you're not paying attention, and that wind is your difference in definition and, and difference in what everyone's focusing on, that little bit of wind, that little confusion in definition can take your bullet up. 200 yards the wrong direction by the time it hits something so to to really do that is is crucial i think and i don't i've never looked at it that way and and again this has become like a a therapy session for for me (laughs) we'll look at it as a zero right you think the rifle zeroed but it's not yeah and you're shooting a non-zeroed rifle like that's a better way to look at it right wind is one thing but wind is isn't something you can control a zero you can control, but so you're going out there shooting. Like you think the rifle zeroed and it's not even close. You're, you're missing your target completely. And you're sitting there scratching your head and wondering what the hell just happened. Cause <laughs> this is good. Right, Cause you think your, your data point and your start point, right? It's always like the, the shortest, distance between two points is a straight line, right? But you got to know where you are and you got to know where you want to go. But if you have no control point, right? No, it's not zeroed. You know where you want to go, but if you don't know where you are, right? That's a definition. That's a zero on a rifle. That's a, you know, GPS coordinate, like all those things, right? Where you are today, what your financial position is, what your cash flow projection looks like right? We can define a lot of these things in business. We know where we want to go. Like goals are easy to define, but it's where are we actually at today and what do we need to do to get there, right? What's the traverse now through that distance? So the more that we can define very narrowly and very specifically where we are today makes it a lot easier to travel in a straight line to that other path. And it's, I mean, dude, we're all guilty of it in some way, shape or form in some area of our lives, you know, like, I much like you talk to my wife about stuff and she either is, you know, deer in the headlights or, you know, like I have to re-explain things and, you know, doesn't always go well. (laughs) (laughs) When it goes both ways too. I mean, we both just have fallen on the sword a lot and, and I'll still continue to do that. There's a lot of errors in the way that I've quote unquote taught things, but you also got to have a willing and receptive audience that's that's actively listening and actively trying to learn and ask the right questions, ask them when the time is appropriate. You know, I, 
there's a lot of things that we do that are mission critical, right? Numbers based things that if, if they're wrong, I mean, it could be disastrous. So I would much rather have somebody come and ask me the same question three times than put out product, whatever that may be, whether it's an estimate or an invoice or a budget update, whatever that that's wrong because that could kill us. So you gotta, you gotta have both sides. You, the, the people in the, in the learning seat have to be willing and, and empowered to actually learn. And if that means they need to ask lots of questions, then they need to ask lots of questions. They can't sit there like a bump on a log and, and get quiet and then go in their office and try and remember all the shit I just rattled off and, and then just try and fake it. Right. So it's gotta be, it's gotta go both ways, but I, I think more of it probably lands on the leadership side on the, on the side of the teacher is, you know, 90% of it. Right. And again, if you're starting out and trying to teach people stuff, like as much shit, I think as society gives teachers, like there is a very big art to teaching, Oh, you yeah. know, like there, there is, you know, there's a lot of skill in being able to convey a, a topic, a lesson, uh, whatever to somebody like it's a, it's a big deal. And far too often we make assumptions around like what we think people know. And that's like another piece that falls again on the teacher is like, okay, I'm assuming that, you know, X, Y, and Z, but if we, if something is, is missing in there, the rest of it, again, it, it goes back to definitions. What do we know? Like trying to judge people's are their abilities, their skills, their knowledge base, and then to move forward and build off of that. And Again, and this this also goes into like a humility thing from both the the teacher and the student is, and again in construction like big tough man right like I know my stuff, not humble enough to be like dude I I don't understand a thing that you just said right like and then they they go away they like beat their head because they didn't understand what was conveyed and they weren't willing to ask the question so there's. There's that. And then, I mean, this goes a lot deeper too. There's one, I'll leave it at this. It's called the teachability index, right? Your willingness to learn and willingness to change. Both of those have to be very high for you to then be able to absorb that knowledge and information. And a lot of people become like a sponge, right? Like it's their, their sponge is full, like you can't learn anymore. So chunking a lot of this stuff down into very bite-sized pieces again, whether that's five minutes, 20 minutes, 45 minutes, but into very bite-sized pieces so that they can digest it and then come back with more questions, go implement a little thing, come back, you know, implement a little thing, come back. Uh, there's a lot of that too. So, I mean, this, this whole teaching thing and educating people, it goes, it's such a deep conversation around like, it's not just, it starts with, everything that we began this podcast with, are you willing to invest? And is your mindset around investing in people? If it's not, that's the first thing to change. Yeah. I, I got nothing else to add. I mean, it's, it's an investment in your people and that's the only way you succeed. It's the only way you grow your investment, which is your company. You know, there's a million different analogies we could throw at this, but it, it all comes down to being willing to make that, that commitment, make that investment and then sticking to it. Um, but again, it, it goes both ways. So you gotta, everybody's gotta be wanting to move in the same direction. And, and if you're not, then you, you know, 
again, you're not necessarily going to wind up homeless with no friends, but maybe it's the wrong spot for one or the other. And I've found too, like, because even in leading a group of guys that was double my age at the time, because I was so voracious in my learning and just teachability from these guys, right? Like I took everything in, I absorbed all of it that they were more willing to ask questions, that they didn't see it as a sign of weakness because I asked questions, right? So I went first, and then a lot of the guys, you know, again, some were more receptive than others, but it became a thing that it was okay to ask a question, that I wasn't going to be pissed, you know? I might have, you know, did a little ribbing back and forth, but that's just part of, you know, culture, right? Like, that's just part part of it. So, like, and I, you know, got it back, right? Like, I sat on a ball for you know, you're like one of those big athletic balls. So like people gave me shit about that all the time too, because it helped my posture. But like, again, like I was willing to be ribbed. They were, you know, everybody played along. And at the end of the day, we got everything done. So go first too, as a leader, you know, be willing to, you know, check the ego a little bit, ask questions, you know, be afraid to look stupid, but no one ever really thinks a guy asking questions is a dumbass, you know? No. No, I'd rather have him ask the question, you know, and, and the ribbing and the culture thing that, especially on the construction side, especially with me, I mean, I came out of the field, right? My knuckles are, are blown out to unrecognizable proportions from getting hit with hammers. I, I have that, you know, rough and gruff mentality while I now, you know, I don't wear my tool bags often at all, but there's still that pocket in the back of my head where, you know, I might tell you to fuck off. But then I'm going to laugh and say, I just kidding, you know, sit down, let, let's figure this out. And and everybody's got to be able to figure out those nuances too. Again, this is just, it's deep, you know, and you've got to be just in trying to absorb this concept and this topic of teaching. You've got to be voracious in your knowledge consumption You've got to really think through what it is that you're learning and then try to find ways to convey that back in bite-sized pieces to your people, right? They're not going to have the breadth and width of knowledge that you have and the years of experience. And so the more you can chunk that down into slivers, the better off you're going to be, you know, in, in the whole. But again, this all comes down to what's your intention, what's your mindset going into it. And you set that, a lot of things kind of fall into place. That's the way it works, man. All right, guys, that's going to be this episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. Any last words, Matt? Guys, I would just say keep uh, keep shooting the DMs my way, our way. Um, I'm enjoying the the connection a little bit on a different level with, with all of you that are doing it. Um, we are taking your requests and and things like that to heart um we'll be doing you know obviously a handful of solo shows a handful of dual shows we've got some great interview shows coming up still so keep uh keep that communication line open um you know like the show share the show all that shit check out our youtube site it's also growing all right guys you heard the man share the show and uh until next time